Hello, everybody. My name is William, and for the past few episodes, I've been betraying a character who is going mad with ego, and those shenanigans will continue in this episode as well. Before we begin, though, I'd like to say that this episode deals with the theme of suicide, as it is a major theme throughout the album. If you or anyone you know is struggling, please do not hesitate to ask for help. I know firsthand that it is not easy, but I promise you it will get better. The light is worth the wait. Welcome everybody back to the season finale of The Record Shop. I'm as always your favorite and beloved host, William, and I'm joined by my, my co-hosts, uh, Andres. Uh, you want to you wanna explain a little smirk on your face when you said that? And I'm joined by my other co-host, Sebastian. What a oh, okay. season it's been. It's just it's been, been racked with a lot of love and support, and it's just been an amazing journey. With that being said, mm-hmm. what's, the, what's the episode today, Willie? Today, we're speaking on Brockhampton's 2021 album, Roadrunner, New Light, New Machine. Mm. Now, this album was released on April 9th, 2021, and it unfortunately turned out to be the final album from the group, at least for now. At least for now, yeah. There were originally three yeah. versions of the album, and they ended up deciding on the, the version that we got. And there was also supposed to be two Brockhampton albums released in 2021, but unfortunately... They pushed back the album to this year, and then they decided to cancel. I mean, not cancel, break up, I guess you could say. So, Do we have um, a reason for their separation, or is this still ambiguous? Because I know, I, know well, I saw it, the, the post that they made, but I don't know if it stayed or anything. It's still ambiguous. No one really knows what it was, and it seems like there's no bad mm-hmm. blood in the group. I guess it just kind of mm-hmm. ran its course. Yeah. Um, so going back to the album, it peaked on number 11 on the Billboard 200 and number 6 on the hip-hop and R&B charts. Mm. Mm. It is considered post-saturation era their best work to date. Damn. I mm-hmm. will kind of have to agree with that, honestly. I mean, I don't know about you boys. My history, or the way that I got introduced to Brockhampton was by the man himself right here, William Bloss. Uh, he introduced me yeah. to, to Boy Bye off of Ginger. And... I'm gonna be honest. I never picked up Brockhampton too too often. I listened to to 1999 Wildfire, and honestly, that's one of my favorite songs off of them. But until now, I haven't been really up to date or like catching up with their music. But I will say, and as we get into this episode, this album is a beautiful journey. How'd you get introduced mm. to to Brockhampton, Andres? So I so I listened to Saturation Two specifically just because someone had someone showed it to me and I thought it was really good. Yeah. So I listened to like those three. I listened to Saturation One, Two, and Three, and I thought it was pretty damn good. So I, I can agree with with Willie that this is his best work post Saturation because before Saturation, like during Saturation, it, there's no contest. Like mm-hmm. Saturation albums is so good, but post it, I can say that this is probably their best work, and I am a little saddened to see that they are separating but i feel like i feel like this is in a sense a good way to end to send off mm-hmm. willie willie took mm-hmm. it worse yeah willie took it really bad bro. Oh, i was crying yeah. i was crying for days and you got you yeah. got like introduced to it pretty pretty recently no or am i wrong yes and no because mm-hmm. i've known about Brockhampton since fucking saturation one yeah but like i never really fully listened to them i remember i would always hear the song bleach everywhere i hear so many of their songs just 
like wherever I went. Yeah. But I never really took too much attention. And I remember I did listen to Boy Bye and um, Sugar. Sugar is my favorite song they've ever made. Um, those two songs were bangers and I, I've listened to them for years. And then a couple months ago, hmm. I decided to sit down and finally listen to... to I listened to Roadrunner first and then I went backwards. And I loved all their work that they've done. And unfortunately, literally the week after I listened to Roadrunner for the first time, they broke up. So it's just, it was really unfortunate, but I still really love their stuff. Yeah. And real quick, before we get into the tracks, they have one more show, am I wrong? It's in, uh, it's in Coachella. Yeah, they're, they're performing Coachella. That's William Bloss be attending Coachella? I don't have, I don't have the, the funds to, to go to California Damn. and buy a Coachella ticket. Fake ass Brockhampton fan. Hate to see it. I love you, Willie. But with that, introduce us to the tracks. So, on the track list, we have Buzz Cut, mm. Chain On, Count On Me, Bankroll, The Light, Windows, I'll Take You On, What's the Occasion, When I Ball, Don't Shoot Up the Party, Dear Lord, and The Light Part 2. And real quick, just for some quick context to our listeners, Brockhampton is a sort of self-acclaimed boy band. There is not one main singer. It's a, it's a multitude of different people jumping on these tracks and giving different takes. And honestly, I feel like this album really puts all of its members at its forefront. And you really feel the songs where they shine on. But yeah, mm-hmm. with, with, with that, let's get started, boys. So we have a song, Buzz Cut. Buzz Cut, I remember when the song came out. Uh-huh. I was in, in class in Zoom school, obviously, when it was released as a single with the music video. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I've known about Brockhampton for years at that point. So I was I saw it and I was like, oh, cool. New Brockhampton song. Let me listen. I lost my mind because of how insane that song was. And this, the video as well, the visuals that they put out were just I didn't even know what the fuck I was watching, yeah. to be honest. I mean, and, mm-hmm. you know, as ter- in terms of an album intro, it's an absolutely fantastic way to start because Something that after the Saturation album albums happened and Amir Van got kicked out was that Brockhampton kind of went depressed into the the future. Mm-hmm. And so when you hear Who Let the Dope Boys Out, you know that, okay, the boys are back. That's They're back. I was about to say that. Like honestly, it's a it's a pretty electrifying start to the album. You get a you get that sensation that, yeah, we're back. We're here to fuck shit up. And you get a super invigorating verse off of one of the forerunners of Brockhampton, uh, Kevin Abstract. And the yes, energy sir. just keeps on going and going and going. And then it's brought to like fucking 101 when Danny Brown gets on his verse. The same goes for Merlin and, uh, and Jabari. When it hits that slower section, the beat switch. And you get this ascension on the latter half of the track that leaves you like, like kind of in shock from what was a super energetic intro into like this ascension into heaven. Honestly, I think it's phenomenal. Mm-hmm. And I think it's a Great really song. good way to start off the album. What do you think, Andreas? I mean, I'm totally in agreement with you, Sebas. This is a, um, eh, this is a very strong start to this mm-hmm. album. Yeah. I had a very high hope. I, I, I had a decent hope for this album because I did see that JPEG Mafia was on this album. Yeah. And I really like JPEG Mafia. We're going to get So out. I was like, yeah, we're going to wait that. But I was really excited. And with this song, great start. I, I thought it started super well. The vocals, the, the instrumentals, Danny Brown did, was very, did very well on this track. Something that is very interesting is, so as Willie stated, they released the song as a kind of a single, but I believe a little before that, they kind of like uh, tease little snippets of the song in the, in the music video. Mm. And then a few other things that they were, uh, they, they tweeted out 
on March 23rd, I believe it was, was the cover art and the release date. And then the other, the two other things that they released were part of the track, which ended up like spoiling that Danny Brown was part of this track. Mm-hmm. And I looked, I was scrolling on Twitter that day and people were popping off like, yo! And I was like, I right, we're we going to have to find out. And we found out. <laughs> slaps. It was crazy. It was crazy. Danny Brown crazy. Really good. But yeah, anything else to say about Buzzcut Boys? Uh, you're not an alpha, you're an incel. I like that. I like that reference. I like that reference. But yes. honestly, for being a, if there was any way to build up any more hype for their next project, Buzzcut was definitely like one of the shining songs that you would have put on like as a single. Yeah, and I kind of regret not getting single. into this song or into Brockhampton a lot more since I see now their potential. But yeah, with that, Willie, mm. since this is your episode, please continue with the transition. So a good friend of the podcast, his name is Michael. I call him Michael because that's him. We all do. That's that. Yeah, yeah. that's his name. Mm. Legally, w. I wouldn't say that, but all I right. would say um, that. I would say that. We love Michael here. <laughs> but yeah, go on. 50-50. So <laughs> Michael's broke. Man, Damn, you, so... you can't say that, bro. You can't say that. <laughs> on the podcast, Doug? He's not give a shout out to the people. So yeah, shout out to the boy eternal. Shout out, shout out to Waiko. I love him. I love him to death. But you know, he's continue with a bit, please. Money's tight, but Sebastian, um, caught like almost like half a year ago to be like at this point, mm-hmm. bought him a chain, and Waiko put that chain on. Right, Damn, that was kind of hard. That's pretty good. All right, chain on is. It was at one point my favorite song on the album, just mm-hmm. because of. How different it sounds to anything that I've ever heard, because you know the do 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 that instrumental. I have no i I have no idea what it is. Yeah, but it, that's just main character music for me. It's just it's so interesting. Just that instrumental, and then of course we have JPEG Mafia on the front yeah. of the of the track. Yeah, have good fucking delivering some banger bars, and you know the the bar suits get jealous when you cut the ties. Like I remember listening to that the first time, and I was like, Woo, "Damn!" <laughs> I, I, I'm so thankful that you did the little instrumental interpretation because I was gonna embarrass myself and do it too. But yeah, that like that sample is just amazing, Mr. JPEG Mafia, Mr. Peggy. Uh, I remember listening to to one of his tracks. I think it was 15, yeah, 1539 Calvert and Bald as well. And you get those like you get that sort of same vibe on this track. You, you get a pretty like consistent beat and the sample of what I believe is like a, a light picking on a guitar. And while the track doesn't really like evolve, it's more of a laid back feel good song and just something that you just sit back and let mellow through as everyone just like keeps on going in their verses. But yeah, what do you think? Uh, what do you think on dress? Mr. Peggy, JPEG Mafia. Mm-hmm. Oh my God, I love this song so much. This isn't my favorite song on the track, but it's definitely up there for top five. Yeah. I mean, top three if we, if we discuss it. But I okay. So one thing to note is that out of all like the seven, I believe, members of Brockhampton, there's only two of them on this track, and then the third being Big Mafia mm-hmm. on the feature. Yeah. There's only two out of the seven, but it doesn't feel that way. It, it doesn't feel like there's only two people here. It feels like everyone's collaborating somehow. I don't know why. Yeah. It's like spiritual pressure. You just feel like everyone's here. No, you, touch, you, like, yeah, you get that sensation yeah. throughout the entire album. I, I just love it. Exactly. 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 Which is why I feel like this is such a good way to send off for the group because it feels like everyone everyone really helped out for this album. Mm-hmm. Even though I, I would assume that they kind of knew that the group was kind of dissolving as this album was being made, but who knows? Yeah. 
You can, uh, I can never, but, you can really, really say for sure, but I will yeah, say it's, it's a stark contrast that they literally break up after this absolute banging yeah. album. Absolutely. But there's a song later on that I feel that really encapsulates what you're saying. The whole that everyone gets on the track mm. and you just get the, we'll get to it. We'll get to it. And, uh, and I'll highlight we'll which we'll one it is. It. But any other comments on Chain On, boys? Not personally. I'm, I'm going to put a I chain mean, on right now. I'm going to put a chain on right now. I already have mine on. Go ahead and put a chain but on. But what's that? that? The last thing I do want to mention is oh. the actual theme of this song specifically. Yeah. So this song as it is kind of kind of foretold. And this this talks a lot about uh, unity. Yeah. Talking about like belief violence. It's as unfortunate as it is. This song came out in a time when uh, when there was civil unrest in 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 the country. Right. As yeah. you all, I'm assuming you all know what I'm going to talk about, but uh. But the death of George Floyd was very prominent as this album was being made. So this that's what this song is trying to talk about the most is the police violence, that civil unrest, and the need for everyone to be empathetic and have that unity to be able to collaborate together for a better for change for a better world. I think yeah, mm-hmm. that's just the ideal of uh, of Brockhampton, this ideal of unity and yeah. bringing them like Absolutely. people from different walks of life into this like group for them to express themselves. And I think the ideal of what Brockhampton is in itself is is beautiful. But yeah, what are you going to say? Yeah. I do want to mention one more thing yeah. about mm. the ideal, like Brockhampton ideology. Yeah. Is a lot of people call them the gay band because like, oh, all they talk about is being gay. It's really, number one, mm-hmm. they have oh. one open gay member, Kevin Abstract, openly gay. Yeah. And two, of course, he, he talks about, you know, he talks about his struggles with his, 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 his sexuality and his identity. Yeah. But it's not really... All their music, all their music, they have really good music, but people don't want to give them a chance because all oh, they talk about is being gay. It's not the case. Trust me. Yeah. Mm. But with that being said, what's the next track, boys? Me Count on Me uh-huh. was the second single released by Brockhampton before the <laughs> album came out. Yeah. I also listened to this one in class. As you can probably tell, I was a great student back in my senior year of high school. Absolutely. But this, this song, it featured Lil Nas X. Mm-hmm. I mean, not the song, the, the video featuring Lil Nas X. And it's like a, oh. it's a car ride. I don't really remember it. I haven't seen it in a while. But I know that it's also really, really weird in terms of visuals. And this is definitely the introduction to the more pop-centric side of the album. About half of the songs, you could say, are very poppy. Yeah. And, of course, you have ASAP Rocky, So Gone, So Flexi featuring on the song. And it's it's a really good song. Don't get me wrong, but in terms of just how good the the rest of the album is, it's definitely uh, in the lower tier of the of at least of my enjoyment. Uh, to me personally, let me give my opinions real quick. I feel it's a it's more of a step back in terms of what this album was progressing to. It's more of a an instrumental oriented track. But to me personally, the verses and the chorus kind of feel uninspired. And you get like what you were mentioning with the pop. You get this run of the mill track that the pretty like. It dishes out these pretty lackluster bars. And in scope of the album, it doesn't really like bring up anything different. I mean, there are good examples further on of like good use of that that pop trope. But this, to me personally, just isn't it. Yeah. And I do want to mention also that even though the song is kind of lacking, and especially Mad Champion on the on the end of the song had a really just uninspired verse, at least for his standards. I do want to mention that the chorus for the song, fantastic. It sounds amazing. You know, it'll be okay, no matter what they say about us. I love that in chorus. You know, it's, I think it's all, all the, 
of course. All, I think it's all the all the band members together singing that at the same time. If yeah. I want, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. I I just I I love it. It's so good. Andreas. Mm. Yes. This motherfucker just this motherfucker just sitting in. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. I'm truly I'm truly enjoying Willie's one man show right here. But what, yeah. do you, what do you think about the what do you think about the song, Andres? I mean, I, mean, I, I like the song a lot. I do think that this kind of pop genre that they kind of twisted into, yeah. like, and it's not midway through the album, but like yeah. the, at this point in the album, it works super well because there are, there are not only is there all, again it's the two it's just two people on this one. I don't remember exactly who, but it's just two people. Yeah, this is two of the members, and there's some unaccredited verses from ASAP Rocky, So Gonzo Flexi, and even Shawn Mendes for some odd reason. <laughs> what? Okay. <laughs> I'm serious. Yeah. I didn't know Sean Mendes was on the track. Yeah. I can't imagine a world where Sean Mendes and ASAP Rocky are on the same You know what? I want to hear the same that. song. I want to hear that now. I genuinely want to hear that now. Okay. So the intro and the first verse are just ASAP Rocky and then that first chorus is Jabari, Joba, Ryan, and Sean Mendes. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Oh wow. Yeah, that first that first chorus is Sean Mendes and I didn't hear that because it is four people, but still. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sean Mendes doesn't have that like super distinct voice, so I couldn't really tell. God, heaven be damned. This, as, even though there's a lot of people on the... I will say the song does feel a little cluttered, but there's, a, there's like six people working on this at the same time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And even that, we just mentioned that we couldn't hear Sean Mendes even appear. We, we didn't know that. <laughs> and then that kind of detracts the song a little bit because I think there's a little too much going on. Mm-hmm. But it definitely has a great vibe to it. It just sounds really good and it's really easy to listen to. So I like the song a lot. Okay. Definitely. That, that definitely is... It dipped the toes a little too far into this pool. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess... We can move on now. So Bankroll is a weird song. Why? Because uh-huh. sonically, it sounds weird, yeah. but like not in a bad way. No, yeah. And I will admit, there's a, like, ASAP Ferg on the, on the front of the song, fantastic verse. As, Ma- as um, Anthony, Anthony Fantano put it, the most inspired he sounded in the past decade. <laughs> and, you know, you have Rocky on the bridge. Yeah. And, you know, it's, it's a really, like, it's it's like a gem song basically yeah. but at the same time the the run from Camel meets a bankroll is it's probably the weakest on the album again it's in the bottom tier at least for I'm, me. A, I'm gonna disagree with you actually this is one of my favorite tracks i feel Ooh. that Ooh. with the way that asap ferg begins the track off it's super alive it's invigorating like you said and it sets up the atmosphere for this track just absolutely perfectly as you get more and more members just jumping in and i mean what else can I say? Like, honestly, that I haven't brought up before. Everyone brings that energy just like perfectly in their verses. The only thing I will say, I would have loved to hear more off of Rocky, more than just the, the delegated bankroll that he gets like through the bridge. And I would have loved to hear a verse off of him. But for what we got, I feel that this this track is pretty substantial and honestly, the upper echelons for me in this album. Okay. Mm-hmm. I mean, I will personally say that I, I'm kind of with Willie on this one. I I don't hate the song by any means, but it's definitely not one of my favorites. Okay. It's it's just a song that's kind of hard to listen to, especially on first listen. Mm-hmm. ASAP Ferg does, I, I like ASAP Ferg a lot. I think he makes some really good music. Yeah. But I don't know if he was the right choice for this song. Well, I, mm-hmm. no, go ahead, uh, no, I'm just going to counter and say that the way Ferg's delivery on this, it gives me a sort of, I don't know. I don't know who I can... Uh, compare him to but it it just to me bringing on someone of this caliber of the caliber of asap ferg of his notoriety and and feature and putting him on the front of this track just to have like 
everyone kind of bounce off of his energy, I feel in itself is, is a achievement on its own. So you know, to I'm, me, I find right. I find the enjoyment not only in the, you know the 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 way that the verses were delivered, but but honestly, by what this track is, it, especially in the state of where this album is going so far. That is true. I you know I I can agree with that because, that at the point uh-huh. at the point of this at the point of this album, yeah, we, we we've hit a point where it's where it's really starting to like get get on a roll. Exactly. Exactly. So like yeah, so that I, I can't understand and, for for having for. I don't know. That's the one that we're looking for, but like merge in yeah. a sense for with everyone else for the song. And, and to me personally, I feel that since Bron- Brockhampton in itself is a group that's packed with a lot of members, having in an additional like set of voices just captures essentially what we were talking about earlier, like this coalescence of like people from different camps of music, camps of you know, you know, different places, and just bring this all into one beautiful project. Yeah, I can definitely agree with that. Any anything else to say on this, boys? On bankroll, not personally. I mean, not personally. Yeah. All right, Willie, bring it, bring it, bring it. A phone call happens, and <clears throat> up to this point, the album has been positive. You know, it's been it's been like happy sounding, chill. You know, but just as how in life everything can go wrong, no matter how great things are, it happens, and you hear a dial tone straight after the song Bankroll ends. And it speaks on a, it's Job on the line. And he's revealing that his father has committed suicide. And he's speaking about how his mother still lives in the house that his dad died in and how the world is fucked, but he's just trying his best to see the light. Um, this song is fully Joba. Um, I think, is it Joba and Kevin Abstract? No, yeah, it's Abstract as well on the latter. Okay, Kevin yeah, Abstract. Well. These two speak on the the darkest themes that they've been. Through. Yeah. So Joba is obviously speaking on how he's destroyed and he's haunted by the fact that his father is no longer with him yeah. at such a young age. And then you have Kevin Abstract speaking on his struggles being uh, an openly homosexual man in the industry and just in life in general. And at the end of the song, there's a a baby crying in auto-tune. And for me, what I think this is, it's either the exploitation of young artists in the music industry, a loss of innocence of sorts, how those two had to grow up really quickly because of the things that they were going through. Or it's just the... Even when they're in the darkest places, when they want to cry, like in, when they are crying internally, they still have to perform because the show must go on. In, in all seriousness, I, I really like the the interpretations of that. This song, personally, listening it to the first time, it kind of I kind of got teared up the first time. It's yeah. super depressing. Uh, there's there's this air of like somber reflection and this vulnerability that gives this track like a really haunted, like haunting vibe, almost rageful in a sense to uh the way that joba gives this really scary depiction of how his father you know killed himself and how he processes it and it, it the way that his thoughts are sort of jumbled and he's just saying it on the track is just and as well abstract just voicing the like the hardship that he's had to go through for being a, a homosexual male it just to me the way that it's so emotional and yet so powerful in the same way makes this my favorite track of the entire album that I can't almost put it into words. And to me, this is definitely 
while it's a stark contrast to what the album was doing so far, it's definitely not jarring, not, uh, what's it called? Not abrupt in a sense. It's just more of a, a confession in a way. And I, and I definitely enjoy this. What do you think, Andres? I mean, this is, this is a song. It's not hard to listen to, but it's hard to speak about. Yeah. Because of, yeah, because of how abrasive this song is for its theming, its instrumentals, the guitar it's on this track just feels heavy when when they play it yeah because kevin is kevin is talking about yeah like the, his his family and how he hasn't been able to talk to them or speak to them ever since he's become like openly gay because he was born in texas which is a place at least from it's commonly texas is a place where being openly gay is in a sense a death sentence like it's not easy in such a christian in such a christian oriented place yeah and joba speaks about obviously his father's passing and the way it's affected him personally and how it's affected him and the band itself. Cause he obviously is not at the top of his game with such a terrible event happening in his life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This I, is the first song. Oh, sorry. No, 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 continue, continue. No, my apologies. Uh, this is the first song when I listened to his album that I was listening to, I was originally when I first listened to the album before I really started like dissecting it, I was listening to this album, like just cleaning my room. Mm-hmm. And then when the song came on and I started listening to it, I had to literally stop and just sit down. Cause I was like, I, I, I couldn't believe what I was hearing yeah. in the sense that it was such a heavy topic just to be in a sense, openly talking about in, in a song like this, mm. especially after like the last like four songs that have occurred that have, like, that have came about and how different they sound. Yeah. Uh, five songs. Correction. But I really like the song. I really, really do. I, so it's, yeah, go, go to what no, I will say there's this theme that I keep bringing up throughout the episodes that I, I definitely enjoy not in a way it, it's kind of fucked up the way that you hear artists sort of putting out their personal, you know, their baggage, everything that they've gone through songs, for example, let's say rain off of faces garden shit off of flower boy. And especially this song, too, where you get a lot of real world struggles coming from these artists and they use their their media to, to really, in a way, sort of evolve and put past that trauma, but also share it with a, a grand audience. So in a way, I feel in a sense that it's it's big off of their part off of all the artists that I've mentioned. It's big off of them. And it's also I can't like I said before, I can't really put it into words. It's just powerful to me personally. But this is overall one of my favorite favorite tracks, probably my favorite track. But yeah, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm completely in agreement. This is probably my favorite, if not like my second favorite. All right. Well, moving on from that really heavy song, we get a a very much needed pick me up for for that topic. We get Windows featuring So Gone So Flexi, and it has one of my favorite um, moments on the album, where the where Mer, where Merlin is spitting a. Uh, a verse and then he stops but the band you hear them go go merlin go merlin and then he continues spinning that to me was just like 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 i said it was one of my favorite uh, moments off the album and even though that the song is much happier and it sounds much happier it still speaks on like tough um topics such as the the corruption of authority and how that has affected not just the african-american community but just everyone overall i will say yeah this is 
I want to say this was the perfect song off the album to put immediately after after Light. Yeah. Just because it, it, it it's exactly how William described it. It's a it's a much much more cheery sounding song, but it still has those, to- those like topics put between the lines of the corruption of the police and that still need for unity within the people. Yeah. And I, I think this is this album perfectly. Okay. This is a, this is one of the first absolutes that I'm going to say in the podcast. Uh-huh. This song has the perfect, like, like under meaning for, for like, for like, like unity for people. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. Okay. Of all the albums that I've listened to in my, in, in my years of living, this is the one that I that I feel best best puts in that message of the need for for community in these times. Right. I think this album does it the best. It might not be the album that I listen to the most for that topic, but it's definitely the one that does it the best. I, the way that even with just two members singing, it feels like a whole the whole world is participating in this is incredible to listen to. Take yeah, I will Thank say you. speaking sonically on the song, it's the yes, it's the longest song off of the entire album. Am I wrong? I it's don't like, believe it's it. Like right. Six it minutes. Is, it is. Six minutes. Yeah. yeah. And if I could just put this into like a a, a quick uh, I don't know like an example, it feels like a group project where everyone did their part to like absolute perfection. You get basically yeah. what is the entirety of Brockhampton on this track as long like with uh So Gone So Flexi. Like in essence, this sounds like it would be overwhelming. You get like seven people on a track. You get a perfect flow between all the members that's just in this non-stop flux. That to me it's phenomenal. It's great. And mm-hmm. the way that it's just non-stop, like I said earlier, like I just said, you mellow down by the end of the track and to me that's my favorite part of this entire song where you get a where you get barefaces take where you get the the instrumental that slows down to a sort of lo-fi-esque beat and and overall it that's the part that i enjoy the song the most but i will say this is my second favorite right next to new light overall one of my favorite listens okay well i think that's all we have to discuss for windows Mm -hmm. and so we have another very heavily heavily pop song and i'll take you on next mm-hmm. now like i said this is a, just a straight pop song yeah it's not really it's a very it's not very complicated to listen to um but it does again speak on a little bit of darker tones it's speaking about how we as a as people want to be able to fix people but we don't have the ability to they're just if someone has an ideology it's very difficult to, yeah. to get them out of that and mm-hmm. this is it's basically what the song is talking about absolutely absolutely mm-hmm. something that is kind of interesting it's kind of a little funny side in it mm-hmm. so i'll take you on was the first time that it even like came out at all was when brock tanton streamed it on their twitch channel <laughs> in april uh-huh. they just hopped on twitch like all right boys let's get these subs and just put the song on twitch it's, it, that's so funny to me. Yeah. Brockhampton is definitely super unorthodox when it comes to being a band. Yeah, they don't do it like normal people. They just do things randomly, and it's so much fun. Yeah, they truly, they truly are taking this at, not as a game, but they're they're having the time of their lives being as a band. Oh, not anymore. But you get what I'm saying. Well, yeah, like one of their, I believe one of their albums or one of their mottos, I believe, is one of the best years or some of the best years of my life. And you really Absolutely. get that. You really get that message, especially throughout this, yeah. this album and their their track run. Uh, this song, to me, very pop, very R and B inspired. And for some reason, 
I don't know if it's the light guitar paired with like the hi-hats and the claps, but it just reminds me so much of something that comes out of the 2000s. Just like a really R&B, like heavy influence song. And I mean, it's something different in terms of the trajectory of the albums. And it, it kind of reminds me of what those songs I talked about earlier, uh, 19, 1999 Wildfire. It reminds me a lot more of that sound that I'm familiar with compared to like, let's say the hyper songs on this track, Window, Bankroll, and etc. But yeah, overall, I, I will say, even though this is a really good song and I enjoy this take like a very drastic take so far from what windows and new light was it's not it's not it's not you know making it at the top of my list mm. but it for what it's accomplishing it's great i like it yeah, yeah. and this is a moving on if we have nothing else to speak on no yeah go this on. is a song that I, for, I, for, I forgot to mention while i was going through the songs it's old news yeah um this is it has a i i, I I believe it's called, pronounced Baird or Bard. Mm-hmm. Uh, he features on the Bard. song. It's a it's another pop song. Yeah, and it has Matt Champion singing, kind of. He's he's like sing rapping, I guess mm-hmm. you could say. Yeah, yeah. He ha- he hasn't really, from what I've heard, he hasn't really done that much. I know that he did it off a song in Saturation Two. Yeah, he's a very. I he's love Matt Champion. He's one of my favorite members. He had a song off Saturation Two, I believe, that he sings on. Yeah. But yeah, and he has the line, what a life to lose, beautiful and tragic. And it's just, that's Joba. No, no, that, I'm sorry. That's not uh, Matt Champion. That's Joba that sings it. Mm-hmm. And he's just talking about himself and his life because he's had all this success, yeah. but he's also fought his demons. He struggled with alcoholism, you know, drug abuse, mm-hmm. all that, you know. And it's just like another like what i like to lose so beautiful and tragic is just haunting yeah. if i had to put it like that yeah i mean to me if we're talking we're talking about old news now uh after after you get new light window i feel that these next three songs don't really offer anything new because uh, to me, old news, actually, I'm just going to get into how I feel about old news. This is a more slowed down, I don't know, a less fleshed out version of what I'll Take You On is. It's, it's, it's a heartbreak song. And I don't know, to me, I can't get the idea that it's like a boy band singing this song out of my head. And that's just, <laughs> I don't know, to me, it's just so weird. But personally, if I'm going to just be real, it's not bringing anything new that I'll Take You On didn't introduce and what that song did better. But you get a pretty run-of-the-mill average track very pop oriented like we were discussing earlier but to me this is on the lower side of the album wow mm-hmm. <laughs> i i'm gonna hard disagree okay that, that's, what, song that's, what the show, that's what the show's for i like the song a lot uh-huh so okay so they they brought in bard for this song and he brought in a kind of a more alternative kind of r&b type beat for this track yeah i, mean, I do they could not have picked a better person to give this kind of R&B style yeah. for this song. So something that I did notice was Jabari, at least from what I've noticed, is more of the producer than than yeah. an actual like normal artist. Yeah. But if, if he's in this song, he actually takes kind of the, the headlining role and sings a lot more with the hook. And then Matt Merlin and Joba, they they they, they do still talk about the they do talk about like the past and those negative that kind of negativity. Right. They talk about like past relationships and how those have failed in some cases. Mm-hmm. 
But man, I, I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know why you guys don't like this song. I like it a lot. It just sounds so much. No, I respect that. Awesome. I just can't get that out of my head. <laughs> it's pretty funny. It's funny to me, no, but it doesn't really, detract from the overall song whatsoever to me. Yeah, yeah. But, but that's yeah. No, that's that's pretty much it. Yeah. Really, please. Yep. Yeah. Uh, what's the occasion? Mm-hmm. Let's go. Okay. Yeah, that's fine. Okay, so, what's the occasion? Mm-hmm has Matt Champion speaking on it. And this is something I want to point out. It kind of coincides with I'll Take You On, talking about how even though as much as we want to fix people, some people are just unfixable. Yeah. yeah. Matt Matt's speaking on that, you know. He's tried so hard to, mm-hmm. to fix this person, but they always end up returning to their vices and he's just, he's tired of it. Yeah. And then there's a line, I lead two lives, find me. And I want to point that out because that's a very common thing when people struggle because we tend to put on a mask in front of other people Mm -hmm. and we want to seem happy and we don't want to raise any suspicion, but at the same time we're struggling Yeah, and it's just, it's, it's, it's rough. And then that chorus as well, Mm -hmm. just especially at the end when everything swells, all the instruments start playing and that's, Easily my favorite part of the album. Not my favorite song, but my favorite part is when they sing that chorus. Part? Mm-hmm. As in like mm-hmm. section in the entire section, album. yeah, like mo- like moment in the album, yes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. To me personally, and this is just my take, I will say that these three songs I'll take you on, old news, what's the occasion? While being very pop oriented and very in a sense like we we're talking about R and B inspired, it's just it didn't hit me on the first listen. And to me, felt a bit repetitive that you get these three songs back to back to back that have the same ideal. While the message in itself is 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 very not not too vulnerable, but it's talking about real issues personally. Let's say a romantic relationship or else. To me, what's the occasion? You get the really soft intro from Joba, and then it sets up the track. It's a sort of lighter reflection, sort of daydream type of song. But I I just can't I can't really be taken aback with this track at all. The the repeated chorus like you were speaking on the the what's a your what's the occasion and the sort of emo instrumental emo inspired instrumental to me it's just a bit repetitive and doesn't really progress the album in a way and that theme that we're talking about the super pop oriented ideal just becomes stagnant at this point that's just me mm. but what are your feelings on this track Andres I mean this is this this track is similar in a sense to light in the sense that it is more guitar oriented yeah there is a lot more emphasis on the guitar in this track than there is in a lot and a lot others and a lot of love is after the song and i don't think it's a bad thing by any means i really like the way that all the producers if it's not just one of them i i love the way that they use the guitar on all of the songs there's just like so much emotion for with every single note that they play on that guitar and you can you can feel it right and it really adds to the overall message and the overall tone of all of the songs and all of the songs, especially that these guitars are prevalent. No, yeah, like I personally separate the message in itself because this album is going for a distinct message and you can tell pretty early on what it's going for. But to right. me, sonically, being more of a, a caricature for these messages, these songs just don't resonate with me personally. But I'm not taking it into the... Uh, to the pardon to the detriment of this album i'm just saying that to me these these sequence of songs just didn't i didn't mesh with too well but anything else to say andres william i mean no i'm good 
All right. If there's one thing I want Sebastian. to Sebastian. Oh, my. I was going to do oh, a transition. Wow. Right, go for it. You'll never be balling. Oh, oh, I was about to say, I want y'all to be with me when I ball, but nah. You'll never yeah, be balling. Yeah, you're not balling. God damn. We get when I ball. Mm -hmm. And this is finally after half the album, basically. Yeah. A rap song. You have Dom McLennan on the front. Yeah. Dom mm. is so good in terms of like writing his raps. He, he basically writes poetry and then performs it. His voice is so different. Everything about him is so just great. And then, of course, this song speaks on the relationship he's had with his mother and how she did her best to shield the world and all the the vices, the negativity that yeah, the, it comes with it yeah. away from him while he was um, growing up. And, of yeah. course, that led him to, you know, the person he became. Yeah. And then we also get Matt Champion speaking on a similar note, talking about how he saw a lot while he was growing up. Yeah. And, but he was always able to be positive throughout all the, the negativity. Mm -hmm. And there's the line, you'll always be a part of me. And that's speaking on, you know, mom, dad, whoever raised you. Yeah. To yeah. be honest, because we live our lives from what our parents taught us or our guardians taught us. Yeah. We know what we know mm -hmm. because of our parents. And, you know, things may change, you know, but our foundation comes from them. Yeah. While to mm. me, you get the this story like well, in a way that's sort of presented in a story, the anecdote from both uh, Champion and Don McLennan. This is what I call a, a sort of slow burn song and an easy ride to the pinnacle for what is the finale of this album. And I feel that what you were mentioning earlier, the the high-pitched chorus, it lends to the whole feel-good vibe, that slow burn vibe that I'm talking about. But I mean, apart from that, it's a pretty decent track in my opinion. It's it's more of a it's more of a slow roller coaster to the top. It's something you could just put on, listen to softly. But yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I absolutely agree that this okay. I have a I have it, it's hard for me to describe this song just because Yeah. It a lot of this album has been about reminiscing about the past, and I feel that like this song does it the best. So it's kind of hard for me to put it into words how good this song this song does it. Hmm. This so the songs I was talking about like their childhood and and Dom specifically talks about how his how him and his family are kind of strained. Yeah, he's like he talks about like how he can't talk to his mom and he kind of avoids talking to her because he can't. He, talk, he just talks about how he's been avoiding most of his family just because he doesn't he, he can't muster up the courage to talk to them anymore. Yeah. And and it hurts so much to hear him talk about it, but it it's perfect for this album. It, it in the worst way, it's the best thing that could have happened. It's the best part it's the best thing to be talking about. Yeah, that's what I was talking a bit about earlier, that it's just Absolutely, it's yeah. Yeah, sure not, yeah, sure yeah, the bounce off the bounce off the other parts. Yeah. But I feel the, the one thing. Yeah, no, no, no go Oh, on. my apologies. No, go on. Uh, the one thing that uh, that I will feel is so Rex Orange, Rex Orange County, and Chad Hugo of the Neptunes, mm -hmm. they they put on a piano instrumental for this track. Yeah, yeah, I did notice that. It's incredible. It, I like Rex Orange County a lot. I really, really do. We so that that was exactly, exactly That's a continuation. Yeah. God, it, the way that he. Touches the magical touch that he has on piano is so goddamn good. And Chad Hugo, well, I have not listened to the to the Neptunes before, 
I might just try to listen to him now because that piano crazy. Amen. 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 But with that being said, don't shoot up the party. Kevin Abstract begins by bringing up social issues. Yeah. Who's Jova and Matt uh, bring up the issues of paranoia. Yeah. Mm. Those things are very, very prevalent in society. Not just in this album, just society today. Yeah. You know, Kevin Abstract bringing up like I said, social issues, and then the paranoia that Joe and Matt bring up. I'm going to be first to say I'm a very paranoid person. I get very nervous around a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. And so I, I definitely related to it. And the song is very similar to Buzzcut in terms of the way it makes you feel and just how crazy it is. Yeah. And then right towards the end, there's a single bullet that shot. He went, don't shoot up the party, don't shoot up the p And the uh, instrumental just goes all over the place and everyone it's it's like it's like chaos. standing in for everyone freaking out yeah, yeah. chaos i will say and i do let me and i do want to point out that the the song is speaking don't shoot up the party mm-hmm. but it's not talking about a party so as as we've brought up uh joe's father committed suicide by gunshot and it's one shot that's taken place and I want, and I feel like that's a stand-in for him uh, committing the action. And it's speaking on the fact that they were having such a good time up to that point. They were finally like being able to move on from the tragedy that was losing Amir Van. And all of a sudden, that happens, and it just derailed everything. And the album as a whole. Yeah. It's very pop oriented. It's very it's very happy. But we have those seeds of darkness around it. And I feel like the album was most likely half done mm-hmm. before the event took place and then they decided to take it into another another path. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I will say the inclusion of the the upcoming track Dear Lord does lend to that that ideal a lot more where you get a, a sort of religious aspect to it. But this song, talking about Don't Shoot Up The Party more specifically, it's a, it's a hype-up jump type of track that's disguising the commentary that really comes through once you listen and like ponder on the lyrics, themes of race, sex, and, and what you mentioned, really, paranoia. That it, it sort of lends itself to, to the liberating and this pulsating instrumental that just keeps on going that's countered by the crazy chorus at the end. Overall, I will say, for being one of the few hype hype up songs that we have on the latter half of the album this is definitely to me the peak this is where the peak starts and what i consider what i said earlier the the pinnacle of the finale of the album but i'm gonna get to the to the actual finale well we're gonna get into the actual finale of the album coming up but to me this is one of the ones that i actually play a lot more not only for the hype jump up but just to listen and really mellow through what these artists and these people are bringing up because it's I hate to say it's very relevant in our day and age. But yeah, what do you feel mm. about it on dress? Okay. So I definitely, okay, so this out, first of all, the, the outro for the song is absolutely incredible, as Uli's already stated. Mm. The the abrupt end is, in a sense, it's a, in a sense a metaphor for the abrupt end of someone's life, just like that, for taking an action such as, such as suicide. Yeah. So it definitely is, in a sense, the... The best way that they could have ex- explained it without just directly stating it. So not only does the song talk about suicide, as we've already pretty mentioned, 
Kevin also addresses social issues within within the United States, gun violence, racism, homophobia. Matt, as Willie talked about, was talking, was talking about paranoia. This is actually not the first time that they've talked about themes such as this. In 2016, there was a track called Miserable America. And within that track, Kevin talks about literally basically the same things. Mm-hmm. So this is he definitely has a lot on his mind when he comes to this. And he definitely wants to change the world. And this is how he's doing it. He's fiddling with Mike's trying to change the world in any way that he can. And this is how he does it. Mm-hmm. And I think that he did it incredibly well in this track. Yeah. It's these are topics that are very prevalent in today's society now and last year and the year before that and just throughout these many last few years. And it's it's hard to be able to put forth that change. So a lot of artists have taken it as putting it on themselves to try and publicize this music. It is the easiest way for the people to listen and for them to try and enact that change. Right. And I think that Brockhampton as a band is are some of the best people that have been trying to do this. This entire album has been about it and this entire album has been about it and they keep pushing forth that message. And I think that as unfortunate as it is that they have broken up, if they do come back, they were in a sense the pinnacle of this musical activist movement that we've seen as of recent. I have to agree with that. Yeah, actually, songs mm. that that give me a similar sensation, uh, "Childish Gambino's uh, This Is America," I I definitely get that same sensation with the commentary, specifically on the opening verses and the whole shoot up the party. But in terms of what it means towards the album, there's a theme that we're talking about. I really, I like your take, William, as dark and dreary as it is. Not only in the way that it speaks to Brockhampton as a group in specific, but how it talks about hardships like this, how just something comes out of nowhere abruptly and you just have to deal with the ensuing chaos that comes afterwards. And to me, I was going to say this earlier, but this album sort of feels like a, a... an opening through like a breakthrough and by the end of this uh, of the album you get this beautiful conclusion that i'm going to talk about but but not only that this it, it also feels like this sort of in a way therapy session where every single person off of brockhampton is giving off their emotional baggage and their their sort of take on what's been going on in their lives and using this as a medium to to not only cope but you know help out other people that are going through this too if y'all get what I mean. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely powerful track. And I feel like we can go into the next one. Dear Lord. Dear Lord. Dear Lord. My God. Is my favorite song off the album. For real? It's my favorite song off the album. Really? It's Bareface. Uh-huh. It's a Bareface solo track. It's a, it's very similar to the Saturation Trilogy, how I believe every album finished with a uh, Bareface-only song. Mm-hmm. There is... No instrumental whatsoever. Yeah. There is um, just the vocals. They're beautiful. Bareface sings and he's praying for, it's a gospel song and he's praying for Joba because, you know, that losing your parent, especially like that, yeah. is something that no one could ever think of mm. um, going through. And he just wants his friend to be okay. Yeah. And it's so simple. And it's it's only like two minutes long, but it's easily to me the most beautiful song off the album. Not to not to mm. weigh in too much because I feel like you just hit it on the nail, honestly. Do, like, 
despite being a like you said a gospel influenced track you still get this this take from from bareface that's super personal and very empathetic off of his part to to talk about joba and his hardships and it leads perfectly into the next art the part the next song the light part two the just the beautiful acapella that you get off of this track honestly took me like back the first time because like there, there's very few examples of like gospel oriented music in today's media and i feel that i can take appreciation in that not only is it a new take in the album it's a new take on the the medium as a general to me where you mm-hmm. get this this raw and emotion-filled prayer to the point where like it, it's just this catalyst to the next song of the album and I feel that not only goes well into what this story or not not the story, but the album is going to to, you know, conclude it. Yeah. And uh-huh. I don't know, no, 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 no. I was going to lead up into you. Oh, okay. Thank you. Uh, so something that something that has always been it's a thought for the general people is that parents never want to outlive their child. Or I'm sorry, children. Yeah. Wait, what? Yeah. Parents never want to outlive their child. Yeah. You 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 have a child and you you want to see it grow up, and then when it is when you do pass away, they're already an adult and they can move on. Right. But you never, yeah. Like it's it's so hard to think about and seeing that and seeing that Joa's father passed away from such an such a horrible means. It, it it hurts to think about. And this song, as Willie has stated, is more of a, a gospel gospel track here to a church which brings to me the kind of notation that this is a song that was this is a story i can kind of visualize it every member of the band is there at like a funeral at like a eulogy service and they're they are chanting they are singing for joe's father the song features a lot of singers and there are forming like a choir but bareface's voice obviously takes center stage because he's a very close friend of joba and he's mm-hmm. praying over him this song kind of has a kind of elegy of emptiness. Yeah, they're they're singing, but it it doesn't really fill you with anything. It just I don't know. It's just there. It's not a bad thing because it truly it truly shows the desperation, for lack of a better word, of what this song is trying to accomplish with these vocals of they're just singing over this over they're singing and they're praying for for Joba yeah. and the suffering that he's had to go through and he's probably still going through. Because of this, yeah. I, I do I do want to mention a quick snippet yeah. of the song. It's, it's a few lines, so be really here. So God bless you, love. Heal him with your light. Oh, praying all the time to you. Show him to the light. Hold him in your light. Oh, hold him in your light. Show him your light. So when your love shines through like the light. So God's light is usually when it's when you when you look in the Bible, God's light is always blue or not blue. Sorry, it's. It's a big thing in the Bible as like his love, his his like radiance. Yeah. So whenever you see the words God's light, he's talking about God's influence on his followers and just the people in general. So that's what new light means to me, at least to what I've, is what I've interpreted it as. When he's talking about a new light, he's talking about the influence of maybe not even God. It's just talking about Job's father. Yeah. Job's father is reaching down from where he is and influencing the movements of what is going on within the band. Yeah. And it was influencing this album. The fact also that the, since him is put in lowercase, when you look at the lyrics, it is in lowercase. Mm-hmm. It could be talking about 
it, it is talking about people helping Joba through these tough times after his father's passing. Right. So this song too, this is, this is not my favorite song on the album, but it is the most powerful song on the album. Definitely. There is okay. so much to it. And it's, it's the shortest song on the album, I think too, right? Yeah, it's like two minutes. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's two minutes. It's the shortest song on the album. It feels like an interlude even sometimes considering its length. In fact, it's just not particularly long, like verse wise, it's one verse and that's it. Yeah. But even with that little, it speaks volumes with its theming. Yeah. I truly think the song's art. It's beautiful, truly. Anything else to add, gentlemen? No, no sir. It's just the absolute perfect transition to the next song. Now, I'm just going to say real quick, we here on the podcast, we're not too, we're not strangers to talking about sensitive subjects and sensitive albums. Uh, Faces by Mac Miller, Flower Boy from Tyler, the Creator. But I feel that this album personally deals with the heaviest subjects that we have on the entire show. And it just it just goes to show you that even though this is a form of media that we review and critique, nothing, we cannot put numbers, we cannot put any sort of, you know, opinions off of the emotions that they're putting out there. And I feel that this definitely, it, it rings true to a lot of people that might be going through, through stuff like this. But as much as we might give a, an opinion on this sort of, like, this experiment, this project, this this revelation that Brockhampton is going through, nothing can take away the message. This absolutely beautiful message they're going through. And with that, we're going to get into the light part two. Now, even though it doesn't share the same name as the prior song, New Light, I feel to me... No, it does. It, well, because it's New Light, and then it, it talks about the No, light. it's the light. Is it the light? Oh, it's yeah, the light. oh, it's the, not new the, light. The, the title of the album is New Light, New that Machine, but the song bad. is The Light. I, I don't know who said this new light. light, and I was just like, okay, yeah, New Light. Oh, my bad then. Yeah, yeah. I was talking about New Light because it's in the lyrics no, of the last song. What a perfect continuation, because, yeah, and what a way to end off the album, because you get the, mm. the continuation for what is to me the best track on the entire album. And so you get a continuation of that reminiscing from both Abstract and Joba. And it just makes that conclusion and it, it gives them a sense of closure because this, those thoughts that were set up in the light are finished and given closure in this song. And to me, close ends this album in a perfect bow. And in a way, the it's reflected in the instrumental. You get this uplifting, ascending type, type instrumental that really lends to this theme that we've been talking about this entire time. And to me, it's just absolutely beautiful. But I do feel that the the first rendition being a lot more vulnerable and the setup to what part two is to me t still takes the highest on the track mm. or the highest on the album this is though my third Absolutely. favorite track but uh willie what do you gotta say so dear lord brings up the idea of the light again because <clears throat> we haven't heard that much uh after the the light you know yeah. it's kind of faded away you know as we're trying to pick ourselves back up but the light part two is to me the most moving song off the album. It mm -hmm. starts off with the light is worth the wait. And it, you know, Kevin Abstract speaks on the fact that he still feels like he's treated as a child, even though he's a full on adult. And then he knows he can take on the rigors of being an adult. Yeah. And he reminisces, he reminisces on his younger days too. Like and the good and the bad, we grow up because of the things we experience while we're young. Yeah. And even though that his mother, uh, isn't very open to accepting his sexuality 
they're on speaking terms, which is something that in previous albums he's revealed that they have not been, they haven't had a great relationship uh, at that point. Yeah. And then we get Joba. Joba's first line on this song was, when that hammer pulled back, did you think of me? Mm. I'm not a very emotional person. I don't like showing emotion that much. But I heard that for the first time. And I nearly started crying because I think about my parents and my family in general. And I just, I would not be able to imagine a world where one, they're not there, and two, that they're that some that they did something like that. And he's just speaking on how he all he wanted was his father's approval. And I feel like in a way he got it because during the song he also says, Look at me now in all my glory. He knows that his father was proud of him, even though maybe he didn't say it as much. But he's just at least he's proud of himself. So and then we get, he asks questions as well. Just what was it like when you died? It, are you looking down on him? And he's just not trusting his intuition because of the facade his father put up. You know, he says that he saw the cracks, but he, did, he didn't think much of them. Right. And he also speaks on missing the simpler moments in life. Just like, you know, have, just having fun with his dad. And... Mm. Even in all the grief, though, of course, there's always resentment to someone doing something like that because we know that it's possible to to get help. But, you know, as we've mentioned, it's it's very much more difficult um, than how it is to say it. But he doesn't he doesn't hold it to his father. He just misses him and he wants to honor him. You know, he says that. His grand, he, that his children are going to grow up knowing the man his father was. And mm-hmm. though he doesn't understand why his father did it, he promises that he will never forget him and his memory will live on. And the song ends with, the light is worth the wait. Uh, please don't do it. And when that song ended, I remember I just sat there thinking about just everything about my life about you know my friends my family and it was it was it's a it's a tough listen that song but it's it ends on a positive note that no matter how badly we're struggling we can figure out a way to move on yeah Mm. absolutely definitely very powerful ending and conclusion but Mm -hmm. any any thoughts Mm -hmm. on dress I mean, Willie said what truly needed to be said. I mean, the last, yeah, the last, <laughs> yeah, honestly, hit it on the nail. The the last chorus, it's obviously Joba pleading for his father not to end his own life and instead to wait for a natural cause, just like natural causes, old age or whatever. And you, you can tell that throughout this entire album, Joba is, he's struggling to understand why his father chose this decision. And he's he's repeating to us, the listeners, that it is so much better to simply to power through these hardships and to to survive these struggles than to take what is known as what is seen as the easy way out for some people, quote unquote. Mm-hmm. But when you really think about it, it's not the easy way. Out. It might be the easy way out for the person, but for everybody else around them, it is 
the worst possible pain that someone could put someone else through. Yeah. The your friends and your family will suffer knowing that you that they could have helped you but you but they didn't. And then now you are gone and they they can do nothing. Yeah. Except simply prey on someone that is no longer with them. <laughs> this this song is this song truly, this song is Joe obviously, as I stated, is questioning his father's choice to end his own life. And he's reflecting on the impact his father had on him in his life and in his death. As Willie has stated, he's he's taking this to the, ne- to the next generation, in a sense. So when the next part of his family comes to pass, he can explain to them who his father was and the legacy that he had whether or not that legacy was cut short by a decision like this. I think this is the perfect outro for this album. It encapsulates everything we have talked about up until this point, and it explains perfectly what what it means to make an album with these kind of topics. Wholeheartedly agree. Mm-hmm. But yeah, with that being said, boys, what a, what a powerful episode. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'm really... Honestly, I'm proud of our ability to tackle you know these subjects in a way that that lends to what we're doing here this medium that that we're critiquing things but like i said earlier i i'm personally separating the message from my review of this album the message in itself is 10 out of 10 100 out of 10 anything anything from that or on that spectrum in itself should be respected to the highest caliber the album in itself to me, and I feel like we should now get into how we feel about the albums. I'm not going to do the the Certified Six or any of that. If you want a really spiritual and, well, not essentially spiritual, but a very down-to-earth emotional experience, then then give this album a listen. I'm not going to give highlight to any certain songs in specific. All of them have a message and this theme in its own right that I can't detract from. But yeah, boys, how do we feel about this album? Andres? So I personally believe that this is the most powerful album that I've listened to as of recent memory. Hmm. This album holds a lot within it, but then it's short-ish track list. It's about 13 songs, which is a pretty decent length. Right. With with its with this runtime of 45 about 45 minutes. You can feel an entire lifespan of Joba's father. He tells the story about him and his untimely passing yeah. so well that it brings me to tears when I listen to some of the songs, especially Dear Lord and The Light and The Light Part 2. Mm-hmm. But that being said, tonally, this album to me is perfect. It started off with this topic and it ended it off even better than it started. Yeah. But besides that, I... It's hard. It, it's hard for me to listen to this album normally because of how heavy it is on these topics. I agree. Yeah. It's, it, 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 you can't like none of the songs on this album you can really just listen to. It's on a daily. Because yeah. it, it's, it's it's not it's not meant for that. This album isn't meant for like a daily cruise listen. This is an introspective album and reflective to to to, to a T. And it does that wonderfully. But there's a lot of songs on here that are just not you can't listen to it normally yeah so what i think with this album is fantastic at what it's trying to do it delved too deep into one side and wasn't it isn't for the general populace it's not something that can be easily listened to by a general population yeah 
So with that, I am going to give this album a 7.5, if not an 8 out of 10. Okay, respectable, respectable. Uh, to me, like I said earlier, let me just preface this. I am separating my criticism from the message in itself. The message, like I've said multiple times, is beautiful and in its own right, much more powerful than what this album really is. To me, some of the tracks off of this album don't hit the mark in terms of what it was going for tonally. And without without much fanfare, I'm just going to give my like, review straight on. I feel that this album is a straight eight. In the in the ways that somehow that hit from new or part in the light from window into that that segment I was talking to about early those three songs that I didn't really enjoy, it doesn't really detract my enjoyment entirely from the album. And I will say, even listening to the first time, I still I still enjoy those tracks to a certain extent. But bringing myself to repeat and listen to those songs again, those three that I was talking about. But besides that, I feel that this is given a bit better mixing. A bit of cuts here and there would have probably been the perfect album. But yeah. Mm -hmm. William, the man of okay. power, please. This album means a lot to me. When I first listened to it, I remember I listened to it for a solid like month. Um, just nonstop. Yeah. Um I'd play in the car, I'd play at work while I was, you know, just working listening to music. Um I love this album, especially the message, because the message brings so much power into into the words that are being said. Because there's a lot of albums recently that um, they're just kind of songs put together. They're not a story. Yeah. And this album is definitely a story. So with um, with that, you know, speaking on not just the message but the music itself, there are a couple songs that I'm not a huge fan of. But more often than not, if I listen to this album, I enjoy it. And with that being said, to me, this album is a nine because of just how it tackles the, the message, the instrumentals, the songs themselves, the features. Everything is really great and really strong right. on this album. Beautiful, mm -hmm. beautiful. I feel... To me, because the albums that we've been doing, Kitsy Ghost, Flower Boy, and now this album, I feel that this is a much more emotional aspect of our show. And <laughs> I feel like we might have to give a bit of a warning for that. But that being said, boys, it's been a beautiful season. It's been, it's been a very beautiful season. Great absolutely. And talking about all these powerful, amazing, and banger albums. Willie. Yes. Do the honors. Andres, where can they find you? Ladies and gentlemen, the people can find me either on my Discord if you want. Probably the easiest way to connect with me. Actually, it's a lie. I can I look at both. But you can go to my Discord. It's just Nacho, like the food. And then the number is 5146. And then also my Instagram. It's just Andre underscore P019. But what about you, Celis? Beautiful. Uh, for me, you can find me on Instagram. You could find me at Sebas Il, just Sebas and Il, I-L-L. -L. What about you, William? Me personally, you can find me on Instagram at William.Blass, on Twitter at WilliamBlassL. And if you want to find the, the show itself, you can find us on Instagram most prevalently uh, at the Record Shop Pod and also Twitter um, at Record Shop Pod as well. We hope you enjoyed not just this episode, but this entire season. Amen. 
It's been a very fun ride. It's been a very magical experience to be able to do this with these boys. And hopefully season two, when season two comes, we can be even better than how we did this season. We want to thank you all for listening, for giving us the chance, um, you know, just letting us take over your life for about an hour um, whenever we release these um, videos. I mean, I'm sorry, not videos, these episodes. And soon yeah, soon to be videos. Yeah, yeah. Uh, hint, hint. We have a lot but, of things stored up for this next season. Truly, we do. We have a lot of things cooking in the cauldron. Yes. Thank you to everyone, truly, for be for like I said, listening to us speak about just everything what, that we have. What we love, yeah. Amen. Yeah. Absolutely. We'll see you soon. It's been, it's been a pleasure. We'll been see you soon. A, yeah. See you guys later. See you. As a quick editor's side note, I want to thank you all for listening to us. It's been an amazing journey so far, and hopefully a lot more to come in season two. As a reminder, I want you, the listener, to remember there is always someone out there, someone to talk to. So if you ever find yourself struggling, don't be afraid to reach out to that somebody. There will always be someone willing to listen to your voice as you've been listening to ours. This is your lovely co-host and editor, Sebastian of The Record Shop, signing off and closing up shop. We'll see you soon. Yeah, oh, really? Okay, let's get okay. started. Oh. All right, okay. We're live in three, two, one.